Drum and bass is your and dubstep is your blah, 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 blah. Well, I'm gonna talk about eco-terrorism. Got too excited about jorts. I'm leaving now with my Roomba or your blood on my hands. I'm back, back on my bullshit. What is meme if not airhorn persevering? No, this is this is not a family show. And I quote, many American titties. Why'd you have to bring Dane Cook to this, Andrew? No one wanted that. Oh, you guys are not ready for what I've got today. And I've apparently hit the very end of my attention span. Give me like 30 seconds. I'm looking for rhymes. Hello and welcome to Debate This, the show where no one is right, but someone is definitely wrong. In this show, we take time out of our busy adult lives to talk about comic books, video games, and how I would be lying if I said I wasn't a little bit embarrassed about how much time I spent watching the Overwatch League Kickoff Clash Tournament this weekend, but I'm taking this opportunity to congratulate the LA Gladiators on a well-deserved victory because the only other sport I care about is hockey and none of my teams are left in the playoffs. This intro was for me. Thank you. Those are words in the English language. Oh, see, that was Sony's mistake. They re-released Morbius on the same weekend as the Overwatch League kickoff. <laughs> and they just couldn't compete. Oh, God. I, I'm i not going to let us talk about Morbius. Today, today, friends, we embark on another flavorful, textual journey. If you're new to the Debate This podcast feed and are unfamiliar with our Flavor Text episodes, then you gonna learn today, <laughs> as the mission of Flavor Text is to teach you all there is to know about one specific property. All of the properties we've done Flavor Text on for the last few seasons have been commissioned by the valiant members of hashtag Nation over at patreon.com slash debate this cast, and today's Flavor Text is no different. If you would like to make us learn everything about a thing, you can do that at the aforementioned patreon.com slash debate this cast. We need like a we need like a chant or some sort of like huzzah for <laughs> hashtag buttthwomp nation. Yeah. Like a sound effect. Hashtag buttthwomp nation. Get to work on that. Yes, that's what it is. Hashtag buttthwomp nation. Get to work, Get to on, work that. on that. Get to work on that. <laughs> I was thinking it was just gonna be the ham horn, the wah 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 wah. I'm gonna be a pedant and say not every flavor text was commissioned. We started doing them before we took commissions. That's why I said over the, the last, last few seasons, seasons. Kyle. <laughs> that is very open for interpretation. All of the properties we've done flavor texts on implies all. For the last Go few on. seasons. I said I was going to be a pedant, and I'm being a pedant. This is fun. Right go, here. This, go on. this is good fun. radio, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Diagraph Matt said his verb agreement is actually... I'm just kidding. <laughs> To continue this self-promotion and the <laughs> script that I've written, if you join our Patreon, you could also join us for our Patreon movie nights, gain access to our show notes, experience the wonderful world of bonus content mystery that is our Summer O Pilots, and at the very least, you can join our exclusive hashtag Butthwomp Nation Discord. Hashtag Butthwomp Nation, get at it. Get at it. Get at it. <laughs> or it's get to work on that. Get to, get work, to work on, on that. that. Get to work on that. Now, I must admit, that was a long, contrived walk to get us to that last point, as I would like to talk about our Discord, and more specifically, a channel known as Guy Fieri's Flavortown Bangers. <laughs> Flavortown Bangers was one of the earliest channels added to our Discord as a hub for us to share songs and talk about music, and for one specific patron of ours, it's become a home base. Longtime members of hashtag Butthwomp Nation, 
get to work on that, may know that I'm talking about our patron, Zach Hicks, and his never-ending love for a specific record label called Monster Cat. Well, today is Zachix's day as he has purchased the last 72 hours of my free time <laughs> to produce a flavor text all about Monster Cat, and that is what we are here to do today. As I am too much of a coward to stare into the gaping maw of electronic music alone, <laughs> I have enlisted Kyle Folktronica Harper, Todd Krautrock Thomas, and Andrew Squee Henderson to join me on this romp through the neon clad abyss. Is that characters in Tony Hawk's Underground? <laughs> oh, no, no, I think they're Fortnite not. skins. Yeah, it's not that <laughs> either. Right. All of those things are I true. I thought they were going to be nicknames for Call of Duty uh, characters. <laughs> no, those are all genres of electronic music. There's a lot of genres of electronic music. I cannot define those three. It's like metal at this point, where like every new right. band is like, no, we're not this genre. We're a new genre of metal. Yep. Totally different than all the other metal that's out there. We're alt folk indie, not, not indie, indie folk, folk alt rock. <laughs> different. Yes, it is exactly the same as that. As somebody who has been a longtime fan of rock music and just watched that tree get branchier and branchier. Mm -hmm. It's identical. Uh, and I make that joke later. Now, I also want to say one other thing about our Patreon. So this is an episode about Monster Cat, which is a record label. It's a lot about music. And as stated in episode 100, we can't really put licensed music on the podcast. Not that attitude, we can't. <laughs> Monster Cat is actually really cool about the way they license their music. We're going to talk about that later. But the podcasting world and podcasting apps are less cool about it than Monster Cat is. So we're just going to avoid it as a whole. But there is going to be an extended Patreon after show for this flavor text where we will listen through the songs mentioned in this flavor text and a few other songs and give our opinions and our feelings on them. And that will be available to patrons of all tiers. So even if you're just at the $5 level and you don't typically have access to the extended after shows, this will be available to you as part of the ad free version of this podcast. And if you want to listen to the music that we talk about, there will be a Spotify playlist and a YouTube playlist for all that music in the show notes because there is not an Imgur link because we talk about music, not pictures. Can't see the music yet. So yeah, that'll yet. be there in the show notes <laughs> yet, yet. Hashtag Buthop Nation, get, get, get to work to on it. that. <laughs> get to work on that. All right, now, before we jump in, I would like to ask the ceremonial question of what do y'all know about Monster Cat at the start of this flavor text? Can I say, so it's it's a label, I know that much. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go on a branch, uh, on, on a limb here, and say I bet the influence of Monster Cat is far beyond what I assume that it actually is. Like, mm -hmm. I think it's a label. It's a label that does some music, and I've probably heard of some of that music. But I bet you're gonna share some things that I'm gonna be like, this is way bigger than I actually, like, assumed it is slash was slash will be. I have both done hallucinogenics <laughs> <laughs> and have been to four or five EDM shows, although I'm pretty sure none of them were affiliated directly with Monster Cat. Okay, that's not nothing. 
isn't Monster Cat the thing that um, they, they wanted Hayao Miyazaki to tr- change his name to Craig when they translated it. it to English? Mm. Isn't yep. that that's it? That's it. I we thought it. we got it. We got a cat bus. We got a cat <laughs> bus. I was going to say Monster Cat was the bus, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I know. I'm like Todd. I know it's a label. It's very associated with gaming culture, and um, Marshmallow came out of Monster Cat. Yeah, Marshmallow from Fortnite. Marshmallow from Fortnite. <laughs> Fortnite. Oh, that's not inaccurate. I'm going to say Fortnite a lot. <laughs> yeah, we are. That's not accurate or that's... I said that is that is not inaccurate. Oh, okay. Being that it is indeed accurate. Can I ask the, the, the title of this episode be Monster Cat Does a Fortnite? <laughs> it's not the naming convention of our flavor text, but sure. My Neighbor Monster Cat. <laughs> My Neighbor Monster Cat My does na- a Fortnite. Oh, God. Uh, I still think we're missing out. My Neighbor Joe Toro from Cleveland <laughs> was obviously the best option. <laughs> All right. Well, that answers Joseph my question Toro. about what you knew. You mesh Studio Ghibli and JoJo's uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure together, and for that, I thank you. Go ahead, Matt. Okay. So that's how we start the Monster Cat episode, huh? All right. Let me tell you how we're gonna do this today. This flavor text is going to be split into four parts. The first thing we're going to do is we're going to define what Monster Cat is, because Webster's Dictionary (laughs) defines Monster Cat as the fusing of two metals. In this presentation, I will. Oh, man. So that's thing one. Thing two, we're going to go through the history of Monster Cat. Thing three, we're going to talk about Monster Cat and gaming. Thing four... Okay, the word lore is thrown around a lot uh, on Monster Cat websites, and uh, <laughs> we're going to finish off this flavor text by digging through that. So that's the mountain we set off to climb today. And to start that climb, I ask the question, what is Monster Cat? So, because Todd took my joke, per Wikipedia, <laughs> Monster Cat is a Canadian independent music record label based in Vancouver, British Columbia, and founded in 2011. Oh, so they signed Drake. (laughs) No, but that's funny. He is Canadian. (laughs) Per Monster Cat's website, Monster Cat is one of Electronic Music's most influential independent record labels with the vision to, quote, build the world's most innovative music company, leading the movement towards artist sustainability. I have a question. Hit me. Sorry, early. Yep. I realized that you said per their own website, they say this. Is that like when we say that we are one of Columbus's top comedy podcasts? <laughs> yes. It isn't not. It right. isn't not that. Put simply, Monster Cat is an electronic music label that averages 200 million global streams monthly across its three distinct brands, Monster Cat Uncaged, Monster Cat Instinct, and Monster Cat Silk. Those were my favorite fighting games. <laughs> yep, oh, I thought those it. were energy drink flavors. Uh-huh. That also one also a good joke. Andrew, you got one? No, I'm 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 listening. I've got my hands under my my legs and I'm sitting crisscross Indian style or crisscross applesauce. <laughs> I, I do want to go two. back to Todd's question and point out that they have the listens and the stream numbers that we don't to back up right. their well, claim of being the yeah. most influential uh innovative music company we're we're five minutes in and kyle's simping for monster cat all right do we have two million streams a month that i don't know about kyle (laughs) they go to another school okay all right they live in canada yeah good lord okay 
Now that is all fine, and if this wasn't a full-ass flavor text, that's probably where the story ends. But to really understand the scope of Monster Cat and why it has such a devout following, you need to dig a little deeper. So with that in mind, it's time for us to pull a page from the DT exclamation point executive handbook. I'm going to take that again. The DT ex... Fuck. The DT executive <laughs> handbook and talk about music publishing. Ugh. So... I took this class. I know. I did too. <laughs> That's why there's only four bullet points. I don't want to talk about music publishing. So earlier, I called Monster Cat an independent record label. But those are just words. We need to talk about what a label actually is. So guys, I'd like to ask the ceremonial question again here. What do y'all know about music labels? Production company. Producer. Yeah, they, they give the artists the money they need to make albums and or they go on tour hire and... the talent to build the, make the make the record yeah label is what people threaten to sue you with when you lie about them in print yeah yeah they they, <laughs> they, they go on they go on youtube and take down and take down videos for copyright infringement that's what that's are. that's libel i'm sorry it's the money it's the it's the money behind yeah. the music it's the money that makes the music that you like happen yeah, so that is all true, and we were all three correct, except what Todd except said. Todd, yeah, except what Todd said. Well, I guess he did correct himself. Anyway, labels purchase artists to make music for them. That is effectively what labels do. That's not the way anybody in the music industry likes to think about labels because it hurts. It hurts and it feels bad to think about labels that way. But that's what they do. They find artists and say. We're going to give you a lot of money, and we're going to rent you a studio, and you're going to make us an album, and then we're going to promote that album, and we're going to sell that album, and we're going to give you a tiny little bit of the money from that album. Have a good time. You realize this is just capitalism. This yeah. It's just how capitalism works. Yes. It's the <laughs> stock market, but for music musicians. Yes, yeah. exactly. And it's important that we make that distinction. So this week, I asked you to tell me some of your favorite music artists. Unbeknownst to you, it was so we could talk about the scums that own their music. So, Kyle, your answer was Radiohead. Do you know the labels that Radiohead was signed to? Um, yeah, Capital, um, Capital EMI and XL. Yeah, I don't know why I asked you that question when you have the notes in front of you, but that's the major ones that Radiohead was signed to. Yeah, they're with EMI for six albums and then XL after that. Todd, you brought up the Deer Hunter. They were first signed by Triple Crown Records, and that was the first four albums, and then moved to Cave and Canary. And then, Andrew, you brought up Coheed and Cambria. So they were with Equal Vision Records for two albums, Columbia for four albums, and then Roadrunner for two more albums. Now, the reason that all of that is important, because that's oh, just I see a bunch of done. nouns, oh, no. <laughs> is that Radiohead did their first six albums for EMI, which was owned by Universal Music Group. The Deer Hunter did their first four albums for Triple Crown Records, owned by Warner Music Group. And Andrew, Coheed and Cambria, did their first two albums for Columbia, owned by Sony, and then their next two, or excuse me, their second four albums for Sony, and then their last two albums for Warner Music Group. So, hey... There are literally three music labels. There are three music labels, and they're all evil. It's Universal Music Group, Sony Music, and Warner Music. That's it. They have 
90% of the market share. That's Smashing. not surprising in, Yay, in the capitalism. Yep. Yeah, I, I hate what we've done. And much like what Andrew said, I am not surprised. Right. So that all feels bad. <laughs> but we called Monster Cat an independent electronic music label. We're millennials. We know what independent means. We've also now talked pretty in depth about what a music label is. But by my count, that leaves us one last word to define electronic so without further ado let's talk about genres <laughs> yeah oh boy disclaimer i am not an avid electronic music fan and will certainly get the nuances of this wrong fight me behind the swing sets or start your own podcast i do not care okay put simply per wikipedia electronic music is a genre of music that employs electronic music digital instruments, or circuitry-based music technology in its creation. It includes both music made using electronic and electromechanical means. Words, nouns, put them together. We all know what electronic music is. Now, much like rock music, electronic music is an incredibly wide umbrella that encompasses what is, quite frankly, an annoying number of genres. A Wikipedia page entitled List of Electronic Music Genres lists more than 400 distinct subgenres of electronica. That's stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Cool. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that any other music genre is better because no. they all do this. They all, mm -hmm. it's, and it's all stupid every time they do it. Exactly. I mean, it's it's like any entertainment medium these days. Genres don't exist anymore because everything is a mix is just inspired by other things, right? Yeah. It's like saying like mm -hmm. rock is not a genre. Rock is just modern music. <laughs> like yeah. that's not that's not a genre anymore. Mm -hmm. It's just like how in video games you have a souls like as a genre. That's nothing. That does that's mm -hmm. nonsense. It's nonsense. That's not a yeah. word. Yeah. yeah. I want to point out, we've been making electronic music since the 40s. Yeah, we have. Yeah. So it is an old genre. It is a very old genre. So are you saying that electronic music is actually oldies? Is just what yeah. it is. So yep. some of so it we is. should just cycle it in. I mean, Darude Sandstorm came out in the 90s. That was 30 years ago. And that's technically the definition of oldies. So Darude Sandstorm is closer closer to the moon landing than it is now. <laughs> Fuck, it might be. Hang on. So <laughs> why does this matter? Well, I mentioned earlier that Monster Cat has three distinct brands. Each of those brands is actually specific to a different type of electronic music. Much the same way all food can either be a soup, a salad, or a sandwich, all electronic music, from what I've come to understand this weekend, can be divided among the soup salad sandwich of Monster Cat being Uncaged, Instinct, and Silk. These are your Pokemon teams. Yeah. These are your starters. Pick one. That's kind of how and different they are. if you go are. to Panera Bread, you can get a half and half Uncaged and Infinite <laughs> combo. Only if they have it on that, that awesome tomato bread. That's the one I want. My half half silk on tomato bread. Monster cat ungrilled. <laughs> okay. All right. So I'm not going to like really split hairs over the genres here because to be quite frank, I, I don't know enough about electronic music to do that. But what I'll tell you is what I took directly from Monster Cat's website. So Uncaged is drum and bass, bass, dubstep, and electronic music. 
to give you the quick Wikipedia definition of what those adjectives mean. Fast break beats with heavy bass and sub bass lines. Sparse, syncopated rhythms. There you go. Okay. That's on cage. Drum and bass is your and dubstep is your blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Like that's for, really good. For yeah, really that's pretty simple. good. That's yeah, it. Really that's good. the flavor text. Fuck it, man. We're done here. <laughs> yeah, let's wrap it up. All right. So that's uncaged. Monster Cat Instinct is dance, house, vibrant, and melodic. Quick definition. Mm-hmm. Dance music characterized by a repetitive four on the floor beat. Heady, melodic, really likes this instrument, which is a type of synth called the arpeggiator. Four on the floor is like your rock dance beat. Yep. To put that into terms you might connect with better. And then last but not least, we have Monster Cat Silk, which is deep, ambient, chill out, and progressive. To give you the quick definition, there's 80s jazz funk and soul-inspired tracks, slow tempos, relaxed, moody, and in quotes, trippy, uh, which is what Wikipedia told me. There you go. You guys got it. All right. We're like a veritable Jack Black, a collection of Jacks Black. <laughs> I want to point out that, I mean, you've given, you know, like four words for each one of these. And just again, to drive the point home that music is music, anything is anything. I feel like you could take the last word of each one and just shift it up one, like trade to yeah. the left. Oh, yeah. And it still ends up defining the music just fine you have a l- electronic as a descriptor of this electronic music right. we're talking about yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now you get the bit right i will say after i've spent a weekend listening to a whole bunch of monster cat stuff it is pretty easy to delineate what's uncaged what's instinct and what's silk they really do have an identity to the sound but to put words to that identity is absolute nonsense, and I will not try to do it any further. But those are your soup salad sandwich of cool electronic music as defined by Monster Cat. Cool? Love it. Cool. All right. So we know what Monster Cat is. We understand the concept of a label. We have an exceptionally loose grasp on the genres of electronic music. But why does that all matter? What makes Monster Cat different from other labels, and why do they have such a massive following? So this is what I think is probably the most interesting thing to learn about Monster Cat outside of the story of how we got here. But this is their business model, and the way that they do things is different. So they release six tracks a week, six new songs every single week, which on its own is a huge amount. Not a lot of other labels pump out singles really at all as a focus, Yeah, but they're not pumping out six albums a week from individual labels. If you go up to the very parent, sure, maybe Universal Music Group puts out six albums amongst all of their subsidiaries, but one label isn't pumping that out. Is it tracks or albums? Because that's tracks. very different. It is okay. tracks. You said okay. singles. Yes, singles, singles. Okay. tracks. Now, the reason that it is singles and tracks, and this is the most different thing between Monster Cat and any other music label, is that they only sign artists for single tracks. Hmm. Hmm. Monster Cat does not produce 
individual artists' records the way you think of a record label doing it. They basically sign an artist for one song and then use their brand to advertise that song. They do support Hmm. those artists. They do financially support those artists. There is pay there. It is a traditional artist label relationship in that way, but this isn't Monster Cat going to local EDM guy and saying, give me the rights to your music and cut eight albums for me and then you will make money. This is not that. This is Monster Cat signing artists for individual tracks. To draw the comparison, the standard music label deal is like a like multi-year, multi-album or release right. signing where like you have to release X number of long-form projects under the label. I mean, this is more of just like an index. This yeah. is just like, yes. hey, here's what's hot this week. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm. This isn't not that. So <laughs> to make that even more interesting, all of those tracks that they sign are signed as a non-exclusive deal. So Monster Cat says, hey, let us release your song, and then you can do whatever you want with it, which oh. is, like, unheard of in the yeah. music Yeah, it's industry. interesting. Yeah. So yeah. it is fully non-exclusive and they commit to sustainable artist pay which they define on their website as a clean 50 50 split in every deal with artists so that in itself that was the point in my research that i'm like all right fuck yeah monster cat yeah Yeah. right was monster cat the hero the whole time (laughs) it might have been so what what they do then and i'm sure i'm jumping ahead is they they like pay the artist to basically say like hey we're gonna make a deal and make money off the deal here's your cut of it up front pretty much yes and no i mean there is artist support i'm not gonna lie to you i didn't go like super deeply into the way they interact with their individual artists my understanding though is that some artists they sign for singles that have already been released some artists they sign for singles that have not yet been released and some artists they sign and say go make a single and then we'll release it gotcha gotcha cool so like i said that's all incredibly uncommon what is a little bit less uncommon for an independent record label but is still impressive that monster cat really does this is they are a community focused lifestyle brand you don't see a lot of people walking around in Universal Music Group t-shirts or Sony Music t-shirts. That would be kind of a weird thing to see out on the street. But you may see somebody wearing a local label, something like Fat Rec, AF Records, Sumerian. Or like Def Jam Records. Def Jam, like, yeah. yeah. RVCA. Like there is plenty of labels that have this kind of lifestyle brand mentality but i will say monster cat puts it more at a focus than it does is just that's the marketing arm so they have these four words that they build their brand around this is where it gets a little bit executive presentation-y so i'm sorry monster cat didn't pay for this episode they build this around community curiosity integrity tenacity but they do a bunch of stuff. They have podcasts Literally the every same, week. the same four words I tell my AMs when I hire people. It's <laughs> right. Exactly. Nonsense. 
Yeah, like I would say outside of the way that Monster Cat handles its artist signings, there is not much that they are doing that is crazy revolutionary. However, they put more of a focus on the outcome than they do on the intention. You know what I mean? Cool. So they've got podcasts, live streams. They do events at their headquarters. There's merch. There's stage associated at assorted festivals. You know, same thing any brand does. They've got a bunch of sync partnership deals. They've done stuff with Rocket League. They've done stuff with Paladins. They've done done stuff with Fortnite. Ding. We're gonna talk about all ding. <laughs> We're gonna talk about all of that way way later. So put that in the back of your mind. Okay. The other thing that Monster Cat does. And this is the end of the what is Monster Cat section. But the thing I want to spend a little time on, the last thing that Monster Cat does that is much different than any other music label is this subscription service called Monster Cat Gold. Now, I will say again, this is not an ad for Monster Cat Gold. I do not have Monster Cat Gold. I have not given Monster Cat any of my money. They have not given me any of their money. This is not an ad for Monster Cat Gold. <laughs> but it could be. Get at us. Get at it, Monster Cat. Get to work on it. Exactly. Get to work on it. Monster Cat, if you would like to pay for this episode, I will do that for you. Anyway, Monster Cat Gold is a subscription service that you can buy to have access to their library for rights-protected streaming. License-free streaming. Hmm. Call it whatever you want. You can use their music for your creative projects if you pay for this subscription service, which is pretty cool. cool. Not a lot of people do that. You can't use music from Spotify on other things. Mm -hmm. They don't let that happen. You can try it, but your stuff is going to go away. Not only does this Monster Cat Gold subscription exist, but the founder, Mike Darlington, or one of the founders, Mike Darlington, of Monster Cat, says outright and you know somebody may be able to say this isn't true but in my research i found it to be true that they do not issue takedown strikes on youtube videos that use their music without permission they will basically flag it and submit it to youtube as like hey we own this music so that the revenue from that video goes to monster cat instead of the uploader but they won't issue a takedown strike, which means you won't lose your channel, hmm. which is a really cool thing. Yeah. Wow. It's like they understand that uh, having their music in the background of videos means more people are hearing their music. Right. Exactly. If I could sum up Monster Cat, it would be that sentence. They understand. All right. Podcast over. <laughs> Good night, everybody. It's the opposite of the approach Nintendo takes to people using their stuff. Yes. On YouTube. Yeah. Now, what I'll say, what's interesting about Monster Cat Gold was it was basically created to throw a middle finger in the air against the DMCA. Great. Hmm. So here's where we take a brief sidebar to talk about the DMCA and what it is. That is the Digital Millennium... Copyright. uh, Yeah, the Digital Millennium Copyright Act. That says you can't use people's stuff for your things. That's it. In 1998, Congress was like, the internet's coming. They're going to steal our things. How do we stop them? And then they passed DMCA, and nobody really cared until Metallica cared a lot. And then DMCA became really important, and then nobody cared again for a while. And then YouTube started to care, 
and there was adpocalypse and a whole bunch of stuff happened and that was when monster cat was like fuck it use our music for free give us a couple bucks a month done huh so that is monster cat gold and what i honestly think is probably the coolest thing that monster cat does cool love it it's great that's awesome actually yeah, i'm into that yeah. yeah the creative commons of music yes cool creative commons of music right on you ready to move on to the history of monster cat Let's do any it. questions about what monster cat is by definition before we do so um what is what is a metallica ah i cannot answer that question <laughs> metallica is a religion the opposite of monster cat in how you share music online the snake to Monster Cat's mongoose. <laughs> <laughs> Lars Ulrich, when he heard about Monster Cat's business model, fumed and screamed. Yeah. All right. So, history of Monster Cat. Jumping in. The year was 2011, and two college kids in Waterloo, Ontario, noticed that both YouTube popular and also EDM popular. <laughs> those two college kids were Mike Darlington and I'm going to butcher this last name, but I think it's Ari Pannonen. And they launched the official Monster Cat YouTube page on July 1st, 2011. On July 4th, 2011, they uploaded the label's first single to YouTube, Dubstep Killed Rock and Roll by artist Afixa. And that is Ooh, the- I know Afixa. Hey, Afixa. there you go. There's, yeah. there's one. You got one. I got one. <laughs> yeah, I used to listen to a lot of Afixa. Again, we're going to listen to this music at the end of this episode for a Patreon version, which you can gain access to over at patreon.com slash debate this cast. But get to work on it. Get to work on that. <laughs> if you want to listen to it, you can check the show notes for a playlist. To give you a refresher on the state of mainstream music in 2011, Adele's Rolling in the Deep spent seven consecutive weeks atop Billboard's Hot 100. Far outpacing number one singles from Katy Perry, Rihanna, and Britney Spears. 2011 was also the year Beyonce asked who run the world, the Black Keys released El Camino, and the Foo Fighters unleashed Wasting Light upon the world. In the hip-hop sphere, Drake released Take Care, Kanye and Jay-Z collabed, and the Beastie Boys released their final album. It's a good time for music. Yeah, that was a good yeah. year. It's a good year for music. On the YouTube side of things, the list of most influential YouTubers included people like Jenna Marbles, Ray William Johnson, Epic Mealtime, and the Fine oh, Brothers. I'm only 50% of those. Epic Mealtime. That was a time. Yeah, That was a time. Hey, that guy just punched the guy from Game Grumps in the face on the internet. Yeah, he did. A lot. He's yeah. also like four inches taller than, than him and like 60 pounds heavier. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, if these facts made you wonder... Why did they think electronic music was on the rise? Well, this was less than a year after Skrillex debuted Scary Monsters and Nice Sprites. Uh. Dead Mouse released an album that landed singles in CSI and The Hangover Part 2. And Daft Punk did the Tron Legacy soundtrack. 2011 was also the year Korn released an electronic album. And most people just don't really talk about that anymore, and that's I didn't okay. know that happened. You just you just kind of triggered some uh, some core memories because 2011, <laughs> 2011 was the year. I know a lot about EDM in 2011 specifically because that was the year that I managed a Jimmy John's in our college town, <laughs> and I I managed all of the zil the zillennials who were like at the time in real into dubstep, and uh, me a grandpa was like, "What is a dubstep?" And they were like, "Here you go, boomer." And uh, we would listen to Skrillex when we would open the Jimmy John's. That was the Grammys where I think 
Dead Mouse and Foo Fighters perform together. Oh yeah, and I listen to the Tron Legacy soundtrack a lot. A lot. A lot. I would also yeah. add that the 2010-2011 era. Andrew is when you and I lived together and we didn't not <laughs> listen to Electronica and while playing was, while playing League was, of Legends. Because I was taking my work home. Yeah. <laughs> it was homework at that point. I need these kids to think I'm cool. Yep. We listened yep. to a lot of Minus the Bear. Yep. Oh boy. Man. Yeah, I remember dubstep as um Skrillex. I just thought that was the sentence. I thought that was the sentence. <laughs> I remember, I remember dubstep. I remember. <laughs> no, uh, Pepperidge Farm remembers dubstep. When Scary Monsters and Nice Sprites came out, I remember like everybody in my high school being like, "Oh, this is so cool." Yeah. And I listened to it and I was like, "Is this really what people listen to these days?" And then like 2 weeks later, I unironically liked it. So Yeah, I like Scary those. Monsters and Nice Sprites. It's, yeah. It's yeah. Good, I liked a, a lot album. of the things Skrillex did. But a- anyway, yeah. Still in we July. Digress. <laughs> we digress. Still in July of 2011, on the 12th, in fact, Monster Cat released their first compilation album entitled Monster Cat Launch Week. This is the first in a series of 30 compilation albums that are super important to the history of Monster Cat. We're going to talk about them more later, but put a thumb on that okay. because what I refer to, I don't know what they're actually called in, in the monster cat fandom. Now that's what I call monster cat. <laughs> now that's monster what I call monster cat. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Excellent. I mean, it's that it's exactly that. Wow. I, I refer to them, I think henceforth as the double O compilation albums. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so monster cat zero zero one launch week. Oh boy. Wow. That's really, you really got Dang. me on how that's totally what I call did. Monster Cat <laughs> shit. All right. Uh, 002, 003, and 004 were also released during 2011. They uploaded kind of sporadically to YouTube until October of 2011 when they switched to their tri-weekly release model, putting out a new song every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, which they maintained in perpetuity up until 2018. In December of 2011... Monster Cat signed Cruella, who released Killing It as their first single on the label. If you were listening to EDM in 2011, you heard this song. It is on the Spotify playlist. We'll listen to it after this. Andrew, they played this at Jimmy John's, I'm sure. I, I'm sure, yeah, I guarantee it. <laughs> after the Monster Cat release of Killing It, Cruella went on to be signed by Columbia as one of the first EDM artists to sign to a major while they're not currently on the Monster Cat label, Cruella has gone on to be massively successful, boasting around 2.2 million monthly listeners on Spotify. By early 2012, the Monster Cat YouTube channel was sitting around 100,000 subscribers, pushing out three singles a week. It was graduation year for Darlington and Pannonen. After they finished school, they moved, from, they moved Monster Cat from Waterloo to Vancouver, where they are still headquartered today. After three more successful compilation albums, Monster Cat was coming up on their one-year anniversary. With that one-year anniversary came Monster Cat 008, titled Anniversary, and a fan-led movement called Operation Dethrone. In late 2012, the top three dance albums on Spotify, or that should say iTunes, my bad. Spotify wasn't a big deal in 2012. In the in late 2012, the top three dance albums on iTunes belong to Skrillex and David Guetta, arguably the only EDM artist that people who primarily used iTunes could state by name. Yeah, fair. Accurate. <laughs> yeah, right. On July 25th, with the release of 008, 
Monster Cat rallied their fan base on social media to skyrocket the album to the top of iTunes dance charts, making it the first number one album for the label. In the wake of Operation Dethrone, a fan submitted an image of a toothy cartoon cat celebrating on a mountaintop, and the Monster Cat logo was born, at least according to a Billboard article, which feels really inaccurate because the first eight <laughs> albums all use the same logo, and I am pretty sure that is just downright untrue. But it <laughs> could be huh. a case where they retroactively changed those yeah, it could be. covers, too. Because yeah. like, if it was their big breakthrough into the mainstream who would know except the fans and the fans would be like, yeah, they did it. Yeah. They didn't care about that. It certainly could have been. I certainly wasn't paying attention to monster cat in 2011. So I don't know. According to the internet, 2013 was an incredibly boring year for monster cat. Just because there's nothing noteworthy though, doesn't mean nothing happened. They still released four compilation albums. Oh, 12 through Oh, 15 while continuing to pump out three tracks a week, which I will say again is kind of nuts. That is a lot of music for a label to pump out weekly. Right? Yeah. While the folks writing headlines didn't know it, something else very important happened for Monster Cat in 2013. Specifically, a small Alaskan boy fell in love with the outro track of a random Let's Play YouTuber. That outro <laughs> track was Flight by artists Tristam and Bracken, and that small Alaskan boy would grow up to commission a flavor text about Monster Cat almost 10 years later. The butterfly flapped its wings. Yeah, butterfly. Was that in the Billboard article? Or? Yeah, I assume. <laughs> so I mention it later on, but Billboard really likes to write about Monster Cat, like kind of a lot. So mm. I don't, they might have said something about it. Maybe. <laughs> so after 2013, 2014 was a landmark year for Monster Cat as the label surpassed 1 million record sales in June of that year. A lot of other stuff also happened in 2014. March of 14 saw the launch of the Monster Cat podcast, a weekly radio show of Monster Cat music hosted by just a whole fucking assortment of people over the decades or over the years, excuse me. The Monster Cat podcast, which was rebranded to Monster Cat Call of the Wild in 2018, reached number one on iTunes podcast charts in 13 countries. And for those of you who don't host a podcast and aren't intimately aware of iTunes charting structure, that is also really impressive. Yeah. Huh. Statistically, half of you out listening out there own a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. That's, that hurts because it's true. Mike Darlington was asked about Monster Cat's non-traditional label model after they crossed the one million mark, and he responded with this very down-to-earth quote about the modern music industry. Quote, people don't need record labels anymore. Artists can do everything on their own. So we either had to do it for them better or provide a platform and marketing tool they can't find on their own. That's where the community concept came from Monster Cat. We created a brand that fans can use to discover music and that artists can use as a platform for getting their music out there. I know that quote. I remember when this interview happened because it was a huge deal. It's yeah. super awesome. Like, what a yeah. great, what a great take on the modernization of the music yeah. industry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the label began organizing their first tour in 2014, which that same founder Darlington admitted was challenging due to their broad spectrum of artist releases. This was before Monster Cat had three brands. At this before point, they had Monster Pokemon Cat Red, Monster Blue, Cat. and Yellow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. exactly. 
In August of 2014, the label published a manifesto calling for changes to copyright law with the more direct goal of making sampling easier for artists. This is a foreshadowing of the launch of Monster Cat Gold, which came a number of years later. I also remember this manifesto. Yeah, that was the the kind of point in music history that I remember, because I was Mm -hmm. really involved with the college radio station at that point. And the DMCA has weirdly specific laws about radio that I had to study for a class I was in. So anyway, before 2015, Monster Cat launched one more product arm as Monster Cat FM debuted on Twitch and eventually made its way to YouTube and Microsoft's Mixer. Monster Cat FM is, you guessed it, a 24-7 Monster Cat beats for you to chill to. Hmm. That stream is still going on Twitch, and I have checked it occasionally while writing this episode, and I never, even at, like, obnoxiously late, heartburn woke me up, and I need to sleep my computer screen so I can fall back asleep times of night. I never saw it below 150 viewers. Typically, it's above 200. Wow. That's cool. 2015 was also quite a year for the label. They released O21 through O25, and hosted a Sunday night party at a festival called Amsterdam Dance Event that a writer for Billboard said was a really good time. Look, Billboard didn't have a lot going on. I mean, what was <laughs> what was the big song in 2015? It was probably Justin Bieber's album. This was like the um, era of Justin Bieber's Sorry. Yeah. Uh, feels... No, that was earlier than 2015. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yes. Because um, Justin Bieber was not huge when I was in college. That he was, was To Pimp a Butterfly. Yeah, that was Kendrick's um, year. Emotion by Carly Rae Jepsen. 25 by Adele came out. Sorry was recorded for Justin Bieber's fourth studio album called Purpose, which came out in 2015, which also was produced by Skrillex. All right. Oh, okay. So, well done. You got me. I fucked up. Uh, we talk about Jack U later, and Justin Bieber did a bunch cool. of stuff with Jack yes, U. Yes, yes. I do remember that. Yep. All right, so that is 2011 through 2015, which I think can be summed up as the early years of Monster Cat because 2016 changed a lot of things for the label. Then the Fire Nation attacked. And then the Fire Nation attacked, yep. Yeah, 2016 is where Monster Cat goes from a thing to a mainstream thing. 2016, arguably the most important year in monster cat history it certainly was their most important so far look let's call it what it is electronic music was never really mainstream in the u.s that was changing in 2016 as edm became the favorite crossover genre ousting hip-hop from its new metal driven genre infection that's kind of a weird heady thing if you don't listen to a lot of radio that's a lot of word salad it's, right it's there. something a billboard writer would have reported uh-huh. <laughs> it's exactly something. can you tell that i have a degree in music journalism yes so every artist wanted to mix hip-hop into their music after the 90s because yep. hip-hop was really big in the 90s and then in sync and the backstreet to make and it was cheap to make mm-hmm. but in strength boys in the backstreet InSync and the Backstreet Boys. The, in- the InSync Boys. The InSync Boys <laughs> yeah. were like, hey, you know, white people will buy this music too. Mm-hmm. And then everybody wanted to have hip hop in their music. Well, around uh-huh. 2016, EDM became the new crossover genre. 
Diplo, Steve Aoki, Jack Yu, and the Chainsmokers were all becoming household names. God, fucking talk about like what song was everywhere was yeah, uh, that that Chainsmokers song. Closer by the Chainsmokers. Closer. Every spin class that I took in San Francisco <laughs> is this one I learned out there. Had a copy, had Closer playing. So in May of 2016, Monster Cat found the single that would inch them closer to the mainstream in Marshmello's hit Alone. And that is also on the Spotify playlist. Cool. Alone currently has something like 2.4 billion views between Marshmello's upload and the Monster Cat upload. That is just on YouTube, does not include Spotify numbers or iTunes numbers or radio numbers or sales numbers. Holy shit. Yeah. That's a lot. Marshmallow reported 21... That's Gangnam-style numbers. That is is numbies. That is big fucking numbies. Marshmallow reported $21 million in earnings the year after the video was released. After a record-breaking year in 2016, Monster Cat needed to keep the ball going in 2017. Luckily, they found this success in the ears of people who like to play soccer with cars. Is that any for anybody? It's, Ro- it's Rocket League. I, it's Rocket, Rocket League. League. I think cool. that's yeah. the year I downloaded Rocket League for the first time, too. It was also the year I downloaded yeah. Rocket League. I, I don't remember. I hated Rocket League. I didn't like yeah. play it, but I do I'm remember. I'm not like, good at it. But. No, but I, I do remember booting it up and being like, holy shit, this theme song slaps. Yeah, yeah. dude. Yeah. The music yeah. for Rocket League bangs. Yeah. So Alone wasn't the only number one for Monster Cat. In late 2017, the Monster Cat release of Saving Light by Gareth Emery and Standerwick became the first trance song to top multiple sales outlets dance charts in over a decade and officially, quote, revived trance music. I have no idea if that's true. You forgot an apostrophe somewhere in there. <laughs> is, is trance music the thing where you do the thing with your hands? Maybe you do this. Andrew, I'm not sure. <laughs> On this audio podcast, that's uh, helping what you're doing. Everybody knows what I'm saying. <laughs> everybody knows what I just did. If I'm not mistaken, trance music is like house music, but the the none Both of the drums sticks. have a super have a super strong attack. So it's very okay. like pulsy, not not thumpy. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. house music on acid. I think. Yeah. Anyway, God. I don't know. I read this somewhere. I guess it's. It was on the internet. It must be true. Speaking of Alone, though, it became the first certified platinum album for the label in November of 2017. So here we are. We've got a label. We've been doing it for a long time. We got a bunch of music. Finally, we get our big hit. We get a platinum record. We're moving. We're doing it, baby. Monster Cat, much like Lizzo, started winning awards in 2017 way after she had put out a bunch of music and way after Monster Cat had started. (laughs) They had been in the game for five years, but were only getting mainstream attention now. In 2017, DJ Magazine named them as Best Breakthrough Label. EDM Sauce named them as Best Label. Dancing Astronaut named them as Label of the Year. They were included in Billboard's top five best independent dance labels of 2017, and EDM Sauce gave the Call of the Wild podcast the best radio show of 2017 award. So they just started blowing up in 2017, and again, 
largely on the back of their deal with Psionics and Rocket League, but also Marshmallows alone. And we're going to talk about the gaming stuff later. All of those awards were called for a celebration, and Monster Cat hosted the first block party at their HQ. They called this event the Monster Cat Compound up in Vancouver, and they do this every year. And it happened every year except 2020, because, you know, stuff. This year also saw the final release of the Double O compilations with Monster Cat 030 Finale. With this final release, Monster Cat announced a branding change and started releasing compilations under the title Monster Cat Uncaged Volume, etc. Now that's what I call music. Yeah. (laughs) So put a pin in this. It's important and we'll come back to it later. As the researcher compiling this information, all of Monster Cat's accomplishments pale in comparison to the partnership they were able to sign with Psionics in June of 2017. The deal was to celebrate the two-year anniversary of Psionics' massively popular game Rocket League and came with the release of Rocket League X Monster Cat Volume 1, of which there would be five more volumes. Cool. Wow. I think when this happened... That is the first I ever heard of Monster Cat, or the first it ever, like, blipped on my radar. Seen that interview, but hadn't, like, put the name Monster Cat together with the guy. And that, and then, like, Rocket League was all over Reddit yep. those two years, and yep, yep. Um, this finally brought them onto my radar. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair, and I, I'm guessing that that's a story for a lot of people at mm-hmm. this point. Sure. So... In prepping for this flavor text, Zakix sent me a whole bunch of information to look through. And something that he sent me that I don't really get into in this flavor text is the way that their YouTube video visualizer has changed over the years. Because they've only updated it a couple of times. And it wasn't until he sent me screenshots of some of their older visualizers that I realized, like, these were the videos I put on in the library at three in the morning to finish writing a comm paper. That's, like, oh, cool. that's sure. fun. Yeah. Sure. A lot of EDM that I listened to, most of it I didn't really know by name, but it was like I found the one YouTube video that I knew yeah. and then just kind of let the algorithm do its thing. And a lot of that was Monster Cat stuff. And I wonder, I wonder if how much I had the same experience because I remember doing that too. Because I would listen to a lot of Afixa because I knew that I knew that artist by name. Mm. So I wonder how how similar our experiences were. I am wondering if a large part of their success was mm-hmm. due to uncredited gaming of the YouTube algorithm yeah. too. Mm. Yeah, that's totally that, fair. This was a huge time for gaming the YouTube algorithm for yeah. a lot of As Matt noted, things. it's, it's pre-adpocalypse, so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this was pre-adpocalypse, but at a major shift in the YouTube algorithm. And Monster Cat, since the very beginning, is the ideal YouTube channel. I mean, yeah. the number yeah. one most subscribed YouTube channel in the world is T-Series, which is an Indian YouTube channel that uploads like Bollywood and other Indian pop music on a pretty similar clip Hmm. to monster cat. Like this is just built for exactly the users that YouTube wants. Hmm. Cause all YouTube wants is somebody that will click one button and then let YouTube run for the rest of the day. Yep. That and parents that (laughs) and parents. (laughs) So let's talk about 2018 again, from an outside researcher perspective, 
and someone who was not plugged into Monster Cat until recently, I think that this is the most important moment of Monster Cat history. In this script I wrote so far, but now that I finished writing it, I'm feeling pretty strong that this is the moment that really defines what Monster Cat is and has given them the lasting success that I think they're likely going to continue to have. So in week one of 2018, Monster Cat announced a new companion brand to Monster Cat Uncaged. This new brand, Monster Cat Instinct, would help split Monster Cat artists into more contained genre groups. Now, this finally addresses the issue Mike Darlington brought up way back in 2014 when they were trying to orchestrate a tour. Purveyor of Monster Cat flavor text Zakix described Monster Cat Instinct as, quote, more radio-friendly and the lighter side of Monster Cat, hmm. which my research leads me to agree with. Sure. That's kind of what I picked up from your quick horoscope descriptions mm -hmm. of them earlier, is mm -hmm. like, um, one is the heavy one, Uncaged is the heavy one, this is the, like, poppier one, and then you got the disco one is yeah. the last one, yeah. Yeah, it's, I, I think the way that, like, people who are really into rock, which is, you know, my background, would describe this is it's like there's the radio shit, there's the heavy shit, and then there's the weird shit. Yeah. You know, and, and that's not yeah. dissimilar from what we have here. Yeah. So we talked earlier about Monster Cat pumping out just a heinous amount of music. Well, the launch of Instinct served to expand their release schedule with new music hitting associated YouTube channels every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday with a one-hour podcast upload on Wednesdays. And the, just to be clear, the podcast had music or has music playing? Yeah, the podcast is exactly a college radio show or an okay. internet radio okay. show. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, not the radio show that you think of when you get in the car, but the radio show that's like... Not Aruga, Aruga. <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, Welcome to 8W3, the fart. Not, not like... <laughs> yeah, not you that. got it. Uh-huh. Johnny and the stinkhole. Gross. <laughs> 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 The first official release hit Monster Cat Instinct's YouTube channel on January 9th of 2018, and they doubled down on its poppy angle with a song called Ready to Fly by Didrick featuring Adam Young, who you'll likely know by his stage name, Owl oh, City. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Owl City. Yeah. Oh, all right. Yep. You may not believe your eyes. If 10 million fireflies. That song is also on the Spotify playlist. Go ahead. Incredibly expensive to bring to campus as an entertainer. <laughs> like, sorry, this is a different world that I was working in when this came out. And all the students like, we want Owl City. And they're like, it costs $15,000 just to get this man to be on a stage. And then another 15000 to get him to do fireflies on, right. on the yeah. stage. Yeah, We're like, why would we do this when we can just get, you know... Lifehouse to come and do a five-hour concert, and then we can save seventeen thousand dollars. This is Matt, this is why the, don't you keep talking about this is the Cat. pizza by Alfredo. Alfredo's it is hundred percent that it is. Yeah. That. Wow. All right. Um. Okay. So, hey, listener, if you're a big Monster Cat fan, this is for you. This moment right here, because as somebody who is not a big Monster Cat fan, I have advice for you. If you want to convince non-EDM people to like Monster Cat, this is the song you should show them. Show them ready to fly. 
This song was genetically engineered to be good. <laughs> it is a straight ahead <laughs> pop song. You cannot dislike it. Made in a lab. Yeah, I mean, if you like, if you put that song in front of anybody and was like, "Do you want more of this?" They'll say yes. It's a good song, and we'll listen to it on Patreon. Over on the uncaged side of things, another collaboration was brewing. <laughs> the uncaged side. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fitting. Sorry, go ahead. This time between Monster Cat and an independent rock label, who you could honestly call the Monster Cat of active rock, and I probably wouldn't fight you about it. Sumerian Records. This unholy union birthed a song called Kneel Before Me by Slander and Crankdat featuring recently reunited metalcore band Asking Alexandria. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you paused like yeah. we were supposed to react, like we were supposed to know oh, any shit, of those words. Oh, shit, Crankdat? Holy <laughs> No, I was just, oh okay. Not recently reunited metalcore band <laughs> Asking Alexandria. <laughs> oh, all right. I've been exposed. I thought you guys might know Asking Alexandria because mm -hmm. we were all kind of shitty and emo around the same time. That's a bummer. Anyway, I do not give the same recommendation about this one that I did for the Owl City song. This is not the song that you show people if you want them to listen to this label. 2018 saw the release of eight compilation albums, four of which were with Rocket League, and then two for Instinct and Uncage, respectively. One other very dumb, very important thing happened in 2018. Do the words crab rave mean anything to you oh guys? Oh my god, I know what this is. Yep. I don't. Is this, is this the me. thing that people post online when they want people to be salty about their bad opinions? Yeah. Yeah. It sure is. So... I had never heard of Crab Rave until I started researching for this, which is Todd, weird. Todd, we did it. We knew more about we knew oh, more man. about the thing than Matt. It fills the same hole in your brain that Hamster Dance did until this moment. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like Hamster Dance, Hamster Dance, and then like Todd said, it was used in kind of a, a Rick Astley Rickroll sort of way. Oh my god, I'm a, yeah. Are we gonna listen to this in the after show? What's we are, Crab yeah. Rave? All right, <laughs> yeah. what Crab Rave is. So on April first of 2018. <laughs> Noise Storm's Crab Rave was uploaded to the Instinct YouTube channel, and boy howdy did the internet love it. It was so popular that it made its way onto Billboard's dance charts by November of 2018. Andrew, to give you an idea of what the noise that this song makes sounds like, if you just put Crab Rave into a Google search, aside from the top hit being, you know, Crab Rave by Noise Storm, the second hit is Crab Rave GIF. And the third hit is Crab Rave 10 Hours. So anything <laughs> that ever turns into a 10-hour video has a very specific energy. I'm watching it now. It's true. Yeah, I mean, Crab Rave is a meme. It just got memed. Yeah. And it's definitely one of those things that the first time I watched the video, I was like, I mean, this is fun. I'm having a good time. But it didn't <laughs> scream meme format to me. But hey, man, I'm not the internet. So... That also helped to just, like, catapult Monster Cat up in the air, similar to the way Alone did in 2016. Moving on, 2019 was a huge year for Monster Cat Gaming, but we're going to talk about all that later. Three quick things about 2019, though. Monster Cat released a nine-year anniversary disc of remixes of popular 90s EDM songs, and it's pretty dope. The first track is a remix of Sandstorm by artist Pixel Terror, and it's tight, and we're going to listen to it in the after show. Neat. 
Mike Darlington and Ari Pannonen were named to be Forbes 30 under 30 in 2019. They were both 29. And Monster Cat was named Best Label by the International Dance Music Awards. Hmm. I am the same age as Mike Darlington and Ari Pannonen. Yeah, Kyle. Where's your what the music fuck? Are label? you doing with your life? Right. Um, not 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 hitting the Forbes thirty under thirty list. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Yeah. Same. The sun sets on us all. <laughs> so 2020 obviously <laughs> happened, <laughs> and the music industry as a whole got a pandemic-sized punch in the gut. However, Monster Cat still released seven albums in 2020 Jesus. and kept up their blistering five-a-week upload schedule. Wow. Now, unlike most artists in 2020 who were left out to dry by their labels, many Monster Cat artists attribute their ability to staying in the music industry largely to their relationship with Monster Cat because Monster Cat was just playing their music places. Well, yeah, they were already, Monster Cat was already everywhere people went during the pandemic, which was more online exactly yeah yeah and sustainable artist pay i mean if you have a signed contract for 50 50 even if you're getting a hundred hits a month that's gonna pay you more than any major label would have for all of 2020 right Mm -hmm. there were a lot of gaming related things that also happened in 2020 but again talking about that later and then it was 2021, and Monster Cat was all like, what if we did the same thing, but like more? On February 9th of 2021, Monster Cat made its first label acquisition by absorbing Silk Music, a progressive house label. Monster Cat pulled a Roman Empire, rebranded Silk Music as Monster Cat Silk, left everyone in charge, and kept things business as usual. And remember how insane we said Monster Cat's release schedule was? Well... They had to build Silk into that weekly. Mm-hmm. So now they drop new tracks six days a week, but they also kept Silk's 24-hour live stream and both of Silk's podcasts going. So now there are six new songs, three podcasts, and two, honestly, there might be more, but I'm not sure, 24-hour live streams going a week, which is ridiculous. That's so much. Yeah. Yeah, just so much output. The first song released on Monster Cat Silk's channel was Glow by artist Shingo Nakamura. This artist has a two-hour best-of video that's still the most popular upload to that channel. 2021 also brought back the Monster Cat Compound Block Party after a hiatus in 2020. And now it's 2022. It's business as usual with Monster Cat, just hemorrhaging new music. (laughs) I did find a really rad feature from Billboard, who, again, really likes to write about Monster Cat, about Chelsea Shear, who is the lead A&R rep at Monster Cat. Do you guys know what an A&R rep is for a music label? No. Cool. So (laughs) (laughs) I like I know the term and I like vague like I know what vaguely, but like couldn't put it into words. Yeah. A&R stands for Artist and Repertoire. Yeah. It's basically the talent scout. Mm. They're the person yeah. saying they should be on our label. They should not be on our label. There you go. Hmm. Sheer, a queer woman, joined Monster Cat in 2020 and is the top dog of the Uncaged brand. 
She's focused on diversifying the Monster Cat artist roster, and Billboard reports a 15% increase in female and BIPOC producer signings Sweet. since Sheer joined nice. the label. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So this feature, which I'll link in the show notes, talks a bit about Monster Cat's diversity efforts. It notes that Monster Cat's staff is 50% female across their three offices in Vancouver, LA, and Singapore. It also notes that Monster Cat has developed an employee-led diversity and inclusion task force of which Sheer is a part. The task force seeks out communities who have been institutionally discriminated against in the EDM industry and provides extra support to those communities. Sheer says she has noticed the difference in attitude at Monster Cat from day one, saying there is, quote, not so much gusto or broing down as the last two labels that she worked with. Nice. Hey, I'm always in for dismantling the toxic growing down of a company. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. Yeah. I also want to note here that Monster Cat's website and brand in general seems, at least at the surface level, to be pretty progressive and in general, I'll throw it in quotes, good. They have full web pages dedicated to ethics, inclusion, and environmentalism. They are into crypto, and that kind of sucks, but they're targeting carbon-neutral mining, so like, eh. <laughs> they also have a land acknowledgement for both their Vancouver and LA offices posted to their website. We all know putting this stuff forward is quite literally the least a brand can do, but, I mean, at least they're doing it. Yeah, and sure. for a brand that is kind of built on this... You know, we don't suck. We're a community aspect. Yeah, they seem to be the standing up to that. They're doing it. Yeah. Well, the the bar is just literally on the floor for companies. So it's, you know, it's kind of nice to see that a company is at least raising it to waist height to be like, yeah. here's yes. where we really should be as the bottom. It's more than just turning their logo into a rainbow. Oh, my God. It is definitely more than that. All right. And thus concludes the history of Monster Cat. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Right on. So we are going to talk about Monster Cat Gaming and then the dreaded lore of Monster Cat. But first, we're going to take a quick break. These movies are hot. My name is T2756. Would you like to have sex with me now for money? You know what? Honestly, cool. These movies are bloody. I was feeling a lot braver before I knew there was going to be murder and then threats of murder. Oh yeah, I mean, you didn't think you could go to Texas Instruments without murdering someone, did you? These movies are audio only. Worst Movies Ever Played is back with three new VHS movies for your ears. Anything can happen in this actual play RPG podcast, and we mean anything. What did you build that went so poorly a while back? Oh, I tried to build a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it also became a libertarian. Those who say of freedom do not beg for it. They simply take it. Oh, this is a super bummer. Subscribe to Worst Movies Ever Played wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back. So we are amidst the discussion of Monster Cat, and we are a gaming podcast and not an EDM podcast. And thus, I need to take some time to talk about Monster Cat gaming. All of the stuff I've been shrugging off for the first half of this flavor text, let's talk about it now. So we've covered the basics. Monster Cat has been quite literally the soundtrack of Rocket League since 2017. Cool. Monster Cat Gold exists largely for gaming content creators. Question, real quick. Hit me. So, so 
talking back to Monster Gold, does that mean Monster Cat Gold? Does that mean that if you were a streamer, you could just play the Monster Cat available library? If you are subscribed, like, if you to are Monster subscribed Cat Gold, to... yeah. Yep. Yeah. How much is it? Okay. Uh, exactly. Seven fifty a month. I looked it up when Ooh. we. Yeah. Seventy five. Okay. We could we could we could play Monster Cat music anytime we stream Matt editing. We could do that. But we're not yet sponsored by Monster Cat. However, if Monster However, Cat would like to get to work on streams, it, yeah, get to work. Yeah, hashtag Budbob Nation. Get to work on that. Is it like Beetlejuice? Uh, Monster Cat. Monster Cat. Monster mm-hmm. Cat. I think we're sponsored by. I think we're sponsored by Monster Cat. Now. Oh no, Marshmallow is here. He's got a knife to my throat. <laughs> oh. He said, get, "He says get Monster Cat gold, or he's gonna kill me, guys." No, it's Marshmallow's evil twin, Harshmallow. No. <laughs> If you hear it in the background, it's the it's the the intro to Fireflies, just in the background. <laughs> Only it's in a minor key, haunting us. Matt, I want to take a minute to recognize Harsh Harshmallow. Was yeah, Thanks. yeah, Harshmallow was good. Oh, thank you. It's what Matt is experiencing right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's what plants crave. All right, so I, I saw a couple words are sticking out in your your notes, and I want you to go ahead because I've got a visceral reaction to one of them. <laughs> okay. All right, so 2019 was the year the ball really got rolling for Monster Cat Gaming, again, on the back of this Psionics deal. So Monster Cat partnered with a Dutch game studio called Sodesco to produce music for its new game, Xenon Racer, a futuristic racing game that got middling reviews but released on all major consoles, so, you know. No, no joke. Wait, no Disney Channel original movie hey, joke hey, from Andrew. I was gonna say, I thought it was too right. easy. It's a kart racer featuring Xenon Girl of the 21st Century. Yeah. There, Gee, are you happy? <laughs> I, I was watching your eyes, expecting them to like dart back and forth, and it was just nothing. I, I, I had so much restraint. I was practicing <laughs> so much restraint. It's recognized. Restraint I want you to know that in this podcast. <laughs> Much like Sony Pictures, I was I was experiencing straight. <laughs> oh goddamn! All right, so what y'all know about Beat Saber? It's That's pretty dope. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The Czech-based Beat Studios released their first DLC pack a year after the game first released. It released in 2018. DLC pack released in 19. You guessed it. That DLC pack was produced by Monster Cat. Hey, speaking of virtual reality, let's talk about Second Life. It's this one. Yeah, I know. For Incredible. Those unfamiliar with Second Life, uh, for those unfamiliar, it is the pre-Facebook metaverse created by Linden Labs. Yeah. They have another VR world. I don't understand how this shit works. Second Life isn't <laughs> VR, though. No, but they're what, they're what Matt's describing. They created a VR world. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 They have another VR world called Sansar in which Monster Cat created a live music experience that runs weekly uh, alongside Monster Cat Call of the Wild. I was only in 2019. I thought um, there were comedians doing live VR shows and like before I moved. Second Life has been around. And Second Life is old enough that it's, a a, long it's time. referenced in the office. It it's was been, kind of an old reference at that point. 2004. But it's not but again, Second Life is not VR. Second Life is like no, a, no. an MMO no. like World of Warcraft. Yeah. Right. Uh hey, can can someone at some point request a flavor text for Second Life because like Oh my god, I would love 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 to do a thing. The about the pipeline Life. of I want to explore the internet to oops, I'm in a cult now yeah. in Second Life is probably <laughs> way more frequent than we think. 
Second Life and Eve Online. Those are like the two. Right. Like I are always fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Sorry. Interesting. That's... Yep. Anyway, we can we can cut we can cut that if we need to. <laughs> I read Second Life in your notes, and I was like, oh my god, Second Life. <laughs> So outside of that VR world, Monster Cat announced that they would be partnering with Aminotes, a mobile game publisher behind a series of mobile rhythm games to produce music for their game, Tiles Hops. The article I found this in also mentions that they've been doing music for a mobile game called Next Music since 2017, so that's cool. That is Hmm. cool. And then 2020, the year the world became digital. When you're a company who specializes in electronic music and the whole world suddenly becomes very online, you tend to do very well. So Monster Cat announced their first partnership with Roblox in July of 2020. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. (laughs) To make 51 tracks available to Roblox developers with more songs to be added regularly. Monster Cat partnered with the only video game your grandparents knew in 2020, Fortnite, to create Yonder Radio. Todd, they did a Fortnite. They They did a Fortnite. Fortnite, A 20-song in-vehicle radio for the game. And a number of Monster Cat artists hosted virtual concerts across the gaming sphere, one of which was Slushy's virtual concert in Fortnite, in which he debuted a new song that immediately became his most streamed song in history. I think this is so fascinating. Like, I know a number of artists have done, like, a live concert for Fortnite. In Fortnite. And, like, I think the first one I saw was maybe Post Malone did one. I think Um, Travis Scott was the first first big one. one. Okay. Marshmallow did one. Yeah. Ariana Grande. Yeah, Ariana Grande. Or Ariana Grande is, like, playable in Fortnite or something. Well, that too, but she did a concert. She did a concert concert as well, yeah. It's just things like this that are so incredible to me because, like, I don't know. We There's there's always the joke, like, ah, Simpsons did it. Like, things are predictable. Yeah. But, like, this is the thing where it's, like, I don't know who created, when they created Fortnite, if they were ever, like, you know what? We're going to get artists and we're going to live stream a concert here and people are just going to exist here in their avatars while there's a fucking concert going on. Ed Sheeran did one as a squirtle. Ed Sheeran What's did that? do one that, as a squirtle. That sentence broke my brain. <laughs> Mine too, man. Didn't make it up. I like short circuited because I knew you were right. Like I knew it, the, what you said was true, but like. Those words don't go together in that way. <laughs> I've not seen what that ended up looking like, but I can only assume it's the the meme where they switch Kirby and Bobby Hill's faces <laughs> and they're Corby and Bibby. And like that's I assume oh. that that is what he looked like. The Bobby Hill face on yeah. a Kirby. Yeah. That was in Pokemon Go. That wasn't in Fortnite. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. So, I mean, here's the thing, right? We're not far enough removed from the pandemic to reminisce about the ways that people were creative in the pandemic. I'm not doing that today, but I don't think that it will go undersung over the years, just how well monster cat and it's signed artist did during the pandemic compared to everybody else. Because while every independent or unsigned or even some of the major artists were trying to figure out how to set up a Twitch stream in their garage, Monster Cat had been uploading 
three-hour-long podcasts and live-streaming DJ sets and live-streaming mix sets for 10 years and yeah. was just mm-hmm. primed and ready. Just ready like, to clip right along. Yeah, man. Yeah. Much like the way Skype dropped the ball at the beginning of 2020, <laughs> right. Monster Cat picked that shit right up. So we move into 2021 and beyond. March of 2021 saw a Monster Cat produced virtual concert by Cascades, also in Fortnite. In May of 2021, Monster Cat teamed with popular MOBA Smite, of which I know nothing. It's yeah, it's League of Legends, only you play as a god and you can have third person over the shoulder perspective. It's Arena Arena MOBA. Neat. <laughs> so they teamed up with Smite to launch a Monster Cat Battle Pass, which came with artist-inspired skins, including one for previously mentioned artist Slushy, and one based on Mega Meme Crab Rave. Of course. Yep. On July 6th of 2021, Monster Cat finally got its own game, albeit oh. one inside of Roblox. Monster Cat Lost Civilization launched on Roblox servers with a 24-7 dance floor, collectibles, and a few quests along the way. Okay. Can I admit something right now that I do not know what Roblox is? Same. And I think it's, it is... Oh, it's just mine, it's Minecraft for kids. Oh, it's, okay. Uh, isn't Minecraft Well, Minecraft it's, it's, like, it's like digital Legos. So what, what kids do... You're, you're describing Minecraft. <laughs> yeah, it, so... Basically, what it, it it is, it's kind of like you remember Gary's mod. Yeah, it's like if you made Gary's mod, but with Lego characters, and like made kids like bunch pay a bunch of money for it, made kids' parents pay a bunch of money for it. So like kids go on and they make a bunch of games. Matt, you're physic. I'm gonna need to pass the buck to Matt because he is he is shaking right yeah. now. <laughs> okay, so. Listen, we don't have time to talk about Roblox in this episode, but boy, howdy, do I want to. And I don't want to spoil my joke later, but if you want to commission a flavor text on Roblox, patreon.com. Also, but one would be fantastic to do. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely fascinating. So, wildly enough, friends of the podcast Left Trigger, Right Trigger, Tess just brought up on their last episode, Roblox, and how it is literally a Ponzi scheme to yes. fund and fuel a body farm of child tech developers who yeah, only no. get paid in script. It's it's fascinating. It's absolutely nightmarish. Yeah. Roblox is teaching your kids to code so that they can turn them into tech slaves. That is what Roblox is. I Wow. Yeah, every 10-year-old plays it. Your nephews know what it is. I guarantee that they play it. I expected to get more Andrew's answer, less of Matt's answer. The reason why I ask is because it's one of those words that obviously we've all heard. And it is like my line in the sand of I am old now because I will not look it up. I won't like Minecraft. I've never played Minecraft, but I've consumed enough media where I'm like, I get what Minecraft is. I yes. get it. Here's a great comparison for you, Todd. It is our ge- it is the next generation's version. Remember going into like logging into World Warcraft three or Halo three? Sure. And yeah. just finding custom games. Oh yeah. That's what Roblox is. That's yep. exactly oh. what Roblox is. It's just a list of here Roblox is is an engine and it's a series of assets and it's like make a game. Yep. It's oh. PlayStation it's PlayStation Dreams, but like yeah, better or like, and it uh, works. Yeah, kinda like that. Or the other thing, um the what was the Sackboy game? Oh yeah, um I know what you're talking Little about. Big Planet. Little, Little Big, Big Planet. Planet. Little Big Planet. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's that kind of thing, but but with this like absolutely like 
post-capitalist nightmare oh. like <laughs> yeah. Ponzi scheme wasteland filter on top of it. So I thought I was going to get the answer of Minecraft and what I got was the answer of Second Life is what you're saying. No, Second Life is socialism. Second Life is a socialist <laughs> utopia. Um, I've seen I some YouTube Second videos. Life. Se- Second Life is no. Anar- is Second anarchist. Life, Second Life is you make your own success. Those people pull themselves up by their bootstraps. <laughs> All right, Matt. Sorry. I'm sorry, Matt. It up. Listen. All right. We're not going to talk about Roblox today. The last thing I want to say about Roblox, to put a pin in it, is what's the MOBA that was just a mod of I think Warcraft 3? Dota. Dota. Defense, yes. Defense of the yeah. Agent. Yeah. Ha, beat you Kyle you nerd get fucking dunked on. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember there was a bunch of issues when suddenly they were like hey those nerds made a game with our game and yep. we're not getting money for that. Yeah. Yeah. Roblox is that issue to its absolute final form. It's nuts, but we're not talking about it today. Wait, and one you- more. It's Lars Ulrich's re- wet dream. <laughs> it it kind of is. Great. Okay, Roblox, it's a thing. It exists. Also in 2021, Monster Cat debuted a 3D render of the titular Monster Cat, which had gone unchanged since 2011. It exists now, and they plan to do stuff with him. There's a whole blog post. Is about- it an NFT? Cool. Is it an NFT, Matt? Is it an yeah. NFT? They do have... Okay, so the Monster Cat himself is not an NFT. There is an NFT art series that I refused but you to can get But you can get different pictures of the Monster Cat where they're wearing like a boat hat. Different they're, filters they're, you can and, use And they're going to make a cartoon. They're going to make a cartoon series out of the different Monster Cats. And, yeah. and Seth Green got his Monster Cat stolen from him. <laughs> and <laughs> Sorry. God, you did it, guys. I, I you you it. made the joke. All right, lastly, in March of 2022, Monster Cat announced a second partnership with High Res Studios, the nerds behind Smite, to release a similar battle pass for their other game, Paladins. Cool. Another game of which I know nothing about. I think it's a shooter. It's that studio's Overwatch. There it is. Feels like yeah. you would probably like it, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah probably. I just, I just only have room yeah. for one. Okay. Yeah, exactly. All right, so that's Monster Cat Gaming. Y'all ready for this last bit? This last Ooh, bit's a little we weird. Save the best for last. Let's do yeah. it. Let's talk about the lore. It of all Monster starts with Cat. the nine planets were lined up <laughs> in the key. Well, no, there was a there was a bite, Andrew. You got to understand oh, there was a, a there was a bite. <laughs> or was it the bite of eighty seven? It's hard to know. <laughs> it's always the bites we come back to. <laughs> okay, so before we leave today, we need to talk about the quote-unquote lore of Monster Cat. Do we? Yeah, we do. <laughs> it is It is my responsibility as the host of this podcast. From what I can tell... Heavy is the head that wears the crown. <laughs> <laughs> there are two sources that generate lore for the Monster Cat extended universe. Those two sources are the album art for the Double O compilations and two blog posts that were published to the Monster <sighs> Cat website to coincide with the release of Monster Cat Lost Civilization on Roblox. So this is going to be like Five Nights of Freddy <laughs> levels of, of reaching. Yeah. Great. But like, but like if it was written by sticks. Well, the blog the blog posts are obviously the Dead Sea Scrolls, where not all not all people accept that into the main continuity of the Monster Cat lore. <laughs> all right, just 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 go, Matt. Let's just get through it. 
So I'm not going to lie to you guys. I spent the least amount of my time here. Well, yeah. There's Fair. Not, <laughs> yeah, there's not much to find about these stories, save some old Reddit threads and an old YouTube video. The word lore is just like haphazardly thrown around some wiki pages, and I'm not really sure they know what it means. <laughs> that said, I'm sure there's tons of stuff I missed that true fans will be mad about, and for that, I sincerely apologize. Please submit your complaints to me on Twitter at T-Square87. Please do that. I'm going to replace that exact moment with you, only it's going to be your Twitter. It's going to be me just saying your Twitter over my name. Okay, so the double O album art is what I am calling Monster Cat's Excellent Adventure. Stop. I'm perfect. Oh, I'm so mad. <laughs> yep. The story starts with Kyle. Kyle, look at me. I promise you're not going to hate this next bit as much as you think you are. I promise. Okay. 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 So the story starts with this Monster Cat one year anniversary video. It's called The Anthem by Project 46, Varian, and Affixa. If you guys watch the first 60 seconds or so of that video, you'll get this the is bit. a slideshow of white teenage boys. Ah, uh, you're past the is. point you need to go. You don't need to go that far. I've gone too far. <laughs> Once you hit the white boys, you can stop. <laughs> good, good, <laughs> good, good advice for life. This is already better animated than the Bored Apes cartoon. Yeah, this is yeah it is. I like this. So the story of this video, a seemingly normal street cat finds a monster cat studio computer while dumpster diving. The cat knows the password to this computer. He logs on and gets sucked into the internet. Oh, he got Troned in. <laughs> yeah. Then some yeah. alien comes to Earth and steals the cat being uploaded to the internet. I'm not sure that part is unclear. And then the cat rematerializes on the spaceship with the alien and is the monster cat. Again, uh, it is unclear. There's so many white children in this video. <laughs> yeah. This YouTube video has like literally 90 seconds of lore quote animation and then just four minutes of fan slideshow. Hey, I didn't hate the soundtrack to Monster Cat 2 Adventure Battle. Um, it was pretty good. <laughs> good. Excellent. All right. Uh, so I did not make an Imgur link for this because somebody did it for me on Pinterest. So thanks yeah. to Pinterest user Metal. I really appreciate it. And this link will be in the show notes. If you guys could open up this Pinterest link for me. I love these. This is the album covers of 001 through 030. And this is what we're going to talk about for the lore. And you can cool. click along at your content. Yeah, they're great. They're, yeah, really, they're really, really good. They're really, really good. They are really good. Yeah. Monster Cat has a number of graphic design artists on staff, as you would imagine. I don't talk about any of them individually here. I'm sure that they should all be lauded for their excellent work. Everything I've seen is very good. I just don't know anything about them, and I'm sorry for that. So, after the events of the Anthem video, the rest of the story we get is from these 30 pictures. Now, I found a Reddit thread that kind of ties the story of like one through 20 together. I also watched a video that did the same thing. No one else should ever watch that video. I lost brain cells because of it. So instead, what I did is I wrote the story that I got from these 30 pictures. All right, here we go. So 
001, launch week. Monster Cat blows up the alien spaceship and steals an escape pod. Hell yeah. Great. <laughs> 002, early stage. Said escape pod crash lands back on Earth and is discovered by some random people. The monster cat crawls out of the wreckage unharmed. 003, momentum. This monster cat space being gathers at a campsite with the people who found the escape pod and regales them with space tales. One of those people is a penguin. Can I ask a question real quick? Yeah. <laughs> um, not about the lore at all. A little. <laughs> yeah. uh, this, this, this monster cat, as the, the titular monster cat, wearing some sort of a helmet, presumably. Is the opening on the mouth? Is that what we're looking at? Yep. Is the, Todd, Todd. No. Come on. The mouth is the mouth. He's got little. He's got little little jelly bean eyes on the okay. left and the right. Are, are these the questions we need to be asking? Does Does he have jelly bean eyes? Does it yeah, have jelly bean eyes? It's more apparent in the if if you look at the logo where he's just like uh, with the tail out. But is bottom. that not just like an open space between head and and? Oh, you're Todd right. Todd is yeah. correct. Yeah, Todd is correct. Yeah. Okay. That's so open space. Yeah. Where's your god now? Where it this comes exist. from. This is, I can't believe I have an answer to this. I love this. I, my life is like the post-credit <laughs> yeah. scene of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, where I think I escaped this flavor text okay, and then at some point in the future, a third eye opens, and I realize that I have sacrificed part of my life to an unholy beast. Matt, there are 81 Bomberman games. <laughs> <laughs> we all there pay we our due. due. There are 81 Bomberman games. Uh, we have all been in this proverbial dumpster. So do we stand on cat? Cat has eyes. Cat doesn't have eyes. Cat no eyes. What, cat no has cat eyes. No eyes. Where, what those eyes do. Yeah, so uh, eyes must be in mouth. No yeah, no so eyes. No maybe eyes. Maybe it's cat. Maybe oh, it God. uses echolocation like a Zubat. <laughs> I'm dying. Like a Zubat. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So the reason, the reason that his face looks like that is if you go back to that fucking anthem video, mm -hmm. which I watched three times, he got morphed into morphed into a the monster. There's the a freeze frame moment when he gets grabbed by the internet, <laughs> and that's the face he's making when he gets grabbed by the internet. So that Kyle, becomes what, his like. Avatar. What year did you get grabbed by the internet, <laughs> <laughs> Matt? Uh, Matt, I just I feel the need to point out you were wrong. I hate this. I hate this so much. I was yeah. personally grabbed by the internet somewhere around the time. Oh my God, shoes, and um, yeah. the ultimate ultimate showdown of ultimate, ultimate destiny. destiny. I can tell you when when exactly I was grabbed by the internet, and it was the power thirst video. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So, anyway, uh, we talked about 003. One of those people is a penguin. Sure. Moving on. 005, evolution. Monster Cat abandons the spacesuit and embarks down the river. Oh, nope. I'm sorry. Wait, what about four? One. Oh, God. 004, identity. This is Kingdom Hearts numbering. <laughs> the monster cat stares in the river to look at his reflection and ponder existence. Two other people come to camp. 005 Evolution Monster Cat abandons the spacesuit and embarks down the river to find a bustling city in the distance. 006 Embrace Monster Cat returns to camp to get the people and they party in the city. They are in Canada. The penguin is there. <laughs> 007 Solace Monster Cat finds a concert on the edge of the city and observes from a distance. 008 Anniversary Monster Cat goes down to the concert and learns to crowd surf. 009, reunion. The people from camp gather to eat a turkey dinner. The penguin is there, but now he has a gun. The penguin is there, but now he has a gun. <sighs> 010, 
Conquest. Monster Cat, now in a situation room that is seemingly attached to the turkey dinner party location, dons a military hat and lays out a plan for him and his friends to fight the cops, who are labeled as industry, but are definitely cops. It looks like he's playing Axis and Allies. I think <laughs> I think they does. took some liberties and assumptions here of, <laughs> yeah, he's in a situation room, presumably attached to where they just had yeah. dinner. I'm pretty sure he's playing Axis and Allies, but go on. Well, he's got three clocks on the wall in the background, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, that's true. To show that time so is So he's passed. in a bank. <laughs> so he's playing Axis and Allies in a bank. Zero Eleven. Revolution. Monster Cat and his friends prepare to face down the music industry cops who are in riot gear. Oddly, the armed penguin is not involved. I love that he pulled the mask up over his mouth, but it still shows his mouth. Yeah, right? His he mouth helmet. The corners. Zero Twelve Aftermath. Monster Cat and friends stand atop a smashed cop car at sunrise. The penguin is still not there. I think he may have died. Zero mm. Thirteen Awakening. The concert has moved to the middle of downtown. Monster Cat looks down upon a graceful universe. A grateful universe. Excuse me. I messed up my Thanos quote. Zero Fourteen Discovery. Monster Cat goes hiking and reconnects with nature. Zero Fifteen Outlook. Monster Cat finds the Northern Lights, also visible from Baudette, Minnesota. Zero sixteen expedition. <laughs> That's the debate. This lore. <laughs> Monster cat goes spelunking in a pretty rainbow cave. All of this album art is cool. This one is very aesthetically pleasing. I like zero sixteen a lot. It's very good. Yeah, this lore is very not. <laughs> zero seventeen ascension. Monster cat goes fishing for treasure above a sunken pirate ship in a cave. I assume that this is the rainbow cave, but it's unconfirmed. Zero eighteen Frontier Monster Cat goes scuba diving to the aforementioned pirate ship. I do not know from whence he acquires scuba gear. I have a problem with this because seventeen only knows that there's a sunken pirate ship because eighteen tells you there's a pirate ship. <laughs> seventeen has the pirate. You can see the pirate ship in seventeen. Oh, can you? No, you yeah. can't. Maybe, you maybe can't. he he got a taste for spelunking. You can 16. see. You can definitely see something. Okay. Yep, yeah. You're right. Okay. You're right. Yeah. I take it back, Monster Cat. Your lore is airtight. I've I've misstepped. <laughs> oh boy. I where did I leave off? And that we just did the late teens. Teens. We just did eighteen. Okay. Zero nineteen. Endeavor. Monster Cat goes rock climbing. Editor's note: Sure. The climbing harness art is impressively accurate, as is some of the gear Monster Cat is using. He's definitely trad climbing, but it looks like he's using a self-belay setup with a ground-mounted arrest device, which would be yeah. wildly uncommon for an outdoor setup. This whole section is already too long for you to. to Don't fucking um actually. <laughs> he's, Sorry. He's a he's a he's a good uh, two-step hold away from Gainer on Nar. <laughs> okay. What's number twenty? <laughs> Zero twenty altitude monster cat goes hang gliding. You can see the escape pod crash site from 002 and the city from 005. I will say the attention to continuity in this album art is nothing less than astounding. Zero twenty one perspective monster cat hang glides down to a small beach party. There is a man with a bag on his head who has been around since 003. The penguin is still not there. I really think he died. Mm. 022 contact monster cat finally throws his own concert party and it's rad it looks like it may be at the beach but it's unclear 023 voyage monster cat and friends do a river float party down a river behind the concert venue from 022 the baghead man is there still no penguin 024 monster cat and his friends have acquired wave runners there is a plane in the background 
025 oh shit evil cat i want to make note that in the information that zach sent me he said that oh 025 is an important album because it establishes the lore for the next five albums no and when i read that i was like bud that's bullshit but now here i am and i gotta admit 025 really establishes the lore for the next five albums so Ugh. monster cat discovers an autonomous zone within the riot wreckage of the city from 011 the zone is adorned with flags barring the face of a shadowy cat who can be seen against the striking lightning in the background 026 resistance monster cat fights evil cat amidst the burning ruins of the city an alien spaceship looms overhead this album art is bonkers if you <laughs> haven't expanded any of the album art yet expand 026 it's bananas. 027, Cataclysm. Where the fuck did this come from? <laughs> a group of evil cats lower a tractor beam from the spaceship and abduct monster cat as evil cat joins his minions. This looks like the end of Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. It does. Yeah, something yeah. similar, yeah. 028, Uproar. Evil cat returns to his planet, realm whatever of evil cats where he stands atop the unconscious body of monster cat while lifting monster cat's signature headphones to the sky evil cat now has a cape o29 havoc a man named san holo and a whole bunch of monster cat's other friends wage war with the newly empowered evil cat and what appears to be his final form Penguin and Baghead Man are absent, but a street shark has joined the fray. In an alternate world, this is a Pink Floyd album cover. I have a question. Yes. This is actually a legitimate question. Yeah. Do the people on the cover denote the artists? Yes. That is the bit. So uh, okay. the different people are different characters of the artist. The Reddit thread that I found went into who those characters were, and it just it's noun soup. It's got about <laughs> as many matter. characters as a fire emblem in these albums. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Kay. And then finally, O30 finale. Monster Cat stands on a ledge above Evil Cat. Evil Cat's cape is tattered and his lair is in ruins. Monster Cat has regained his headphones and he shines with the power of God and anime. And that My is friendship. the lore of the first 30 Monster Cat albums. You're Great. welcome. Wow. Great. So. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was less lore and more a description of 30 album covers that happen to share similar landmarks from time to time. I do want to say, like, the art is cool. Art's I do very like, cool. I do yeah. like the art. I hate that there's a loose connective thread. I do like the art. This was the only 10 minutes of this flavor text that I did not... Yes, one hundred and ten percent enjoy. Yes. Until you, until we connected the dots, or you connected the dots for me, that the characters were the artists. I was expecting, like in the twenty eight, twenty nine region, to have Mecha Penguin return. <laughs> um, <laughs> but now I understand why that is not. Well, the way Mecha that it Penguin is. is just Justin Bieber. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's all that works. Yeah. So, like I said, the word lore just kept getting thrown around the wikis, and you know, after you read it enough times, you gotta find out. Yeah. And that was when I really came to the conclusion that I'm not sure they know what lore means over in the Monster Cat wiki, but whatever. So finally, finally, we come to the lost civilization lore. And you know what? Call this a cop-out, but I'm going to leave this for those of you who are interested to investigate on their own, and I'll tell you why. 
there are two archived Lost Civilization blog posts on the Monster Cat website. Both of these blogs link back to a Monster Cat Lost Civilization website that is no longer available. Besides being disinterested in chasing broken links, Lost Civilization also seems like a capital T thing. There's a symbolic language, different biomes, ancient monoliths, everything you want in a story like this. Honestly, what I read sounded really cool, but I do not have the bandwidth to research it all, let alone absorb it and regurgitate it. General overview, this all serves to give background to the Uncaged and Instinct compilation albums the way they did with the Double O album covers. But in 2021, they announced they were done producing compilation albums and the acquisition of Silk seems like it might have killed the Lost Civilization project. It does look like they used the Lost Civilization aesthetic for at least one live event, so that's cool. This is the I love bees of Halo lore. Yeah. The, the bandwidth just does not exist to get into it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you really want to like tap that rich vein of mineral, you can. We will not. I wrote this flavor text top to bottom and I got to this last section and I was like, "All right, Lost Civilization, let's do it." Yeah. And I read 3 paragraphs of the first blog post and noped on out of there. So Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. You already got 2 hours out of me. What more do you want? <laughs> My absolute final point about Monster Cat is this. I checked all of their YouTube pages and I want to leave you with these final numbers. Since 2011, Monster Cat has garnered 8.7 million subscribers and 3,440,468,075 views across their three YouTube channels. And that is nothing short of amazing and is certainly something worth celebrating for an independent music label that focuses not only on making music accessible to creators, but paying artists in a sustainable fashion. And that, my friends, is all I know about Monster Cat. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. That was, yeah. So, that yeah. was really, really good. Cool. And I'm, I'm looking good. forward to hearing some of the music. Monster Cat seems like an objectively like pretty chill, cool group. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The lore section took all the energy and excitement I had left in my body and just like slapped it out of it but everything up <laughs> yeah. until the lore was very cool and exciting and i like andrew i'm looking forward to listening to some of this i'll tell you guys a 30 second anecdote that's related that's this might put some of your some of the pep back in your step so um just listening to this made me really kind of reflect on just like how accessible edm is online and and not just like going to spotify and listening to it but like you know, I, like when I used to live in California, like we would go to clubs and stuff. Like we had a friend who um, who would moonlight as a as a DJ, and we had a lot of fun like going to clubs. Like not like really like heavy clubs, but like very, like chill clubs and listening to this kind of stuff. And and like that was like kind of like exp like open this world to us, and we really enjoyed that. And I don't do that a lot here, and I kind of miss that. And also, I'm 34, and my back hurts all the time, so I don't really do that anymore. But I realized like over the last couple of years, like this stuff is very online, and if you're interested in this at all. I mean, fucking case of point, like we talked about Second Life and all these other things, but like I recently dipped my toe into the Final Fantasy 14 clubbing scene. That's oh. right. Oh, oh man. boy. Yeah, that's right. Not uh, a sentence that surprises claimed, me, but keep going. Critically claimed MMO Final Fantasy 14 has a clubbing scene. And like pretty much like every night you can go to player owned houses 
and they have like a Twitch code, and you just like put in a Twitch code, and you just like listen to EDM, and it's like kind of cool, hmm. you know. And it's like if you're into that, if you're in that stuff, like you play with your friends and stuff. I mean, it's you can go and listen to ED, like emerging EDM artists completely for free. Well, save for the subscription. But I mean, again, like you, that stuff, like that stuff, is all over Twitch, right? Like you can just you can just go and do that, and it's great. And I don't know, it's it's really cool. It's just a it's a really cool evolution of where music can go yeah. outside of the big three evil corporations. Yeah, for sure. To kind of sum everything up here, there are plenty of new innovative companies focusing on community, building a lifestyle brand, doing all of the same things that Monster Cat is doing. That in itself is not original. But as far as music labels go, Monster Cat seems to be focused more on getting music into people's ears Mm -hmm. than they are about making unlimited money on that particular music. And definitely there's really something to be said for that. That's not a mentality that you find very often in the music industry. And as somebody whose love for the music industry was born out of the accessibility of people just being able to hear music whenever they wanted to, I have a lot of respect for what Monster Cat does and the community they've built to support them. I mean, we all like none of us are big in the Monster Cat community, but we all are big in communities of our own. And I really understand now why Monster Cat has the following that they do and why there are people so dedicated to this label. Because when I first heard of, you know, like Zaxx and Discord saying like, yeah, I'm a big fan of this thing called Monster Cat. When I realized it was a music label, I was like, I mean, yeah, I'm like, I like all the stuff Sumerian puts out, but I'm not buying Sumerian Records merch. Sorry to my friend who's a Sumerian rep. Like, that's mm-hmm. not my jam, but I, I really <laughs> understand. Yeah, get dunked <laughs> on Sumerian Records. I, I really understand why there is a following that there is. And with that, thanks for listening to Debate This. You can follow along with the arguments on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram over at Debate This Cast or on our website at debatethiscast.com. Once more, if you want to commission your own episode of Flavor Text, like, I don't know, maybe you want us to talk about Monster Cat, Lost Civilization, or how Roblox is just a kitschy way for a company to profit off child labor, check out our Patreon (laughs) at patreon.com slash debatethiscast. Joining up at the $25 level, you will have access to the post-show, Google Doc Notes, our monthly movie nights, and then after three months, you'll unlock your first Flavor Text episode. And again, let me remind you that we will be doing a brief post-show for this Flavor Text that will be available to patrons of all levels where we will listen to and comment on some Monster Cat music. So patrons, if you're listening to this in your regular podcatcher app thing, Check the Patreon feed, and if you want to hear that, get more information. I'll say it one more time. Patreon.com slash DebateThisCast. Until next time, I'm Matt Cole. I'm Kyle. That wasn't lore. That was a series of art descriptions. Harper. I'm Todd. Monster Cats listens on YouTube are halfway between Party Rock and halfway to Gangnam Style. Thomas. I'm Andrew. Tune into the next Nintendo Direct featuring Monster Cat Silk Song. Henderson. We're saying thanks for debating with us. And if you think we're wrong, you can come fight us behind the swing sets, nerds. Mm